But where do I see myself in 10 and five years? That's, I think, a, a lot going on in there. But I do think if people would stop and negotiate with themselves, mm. where do I want to be in 25 years? Where do I want to be then in 10, five? Then what will I do this year to create rituals and habits that will lead to that? I think you're negotiating with the most important uh, person, and that's yourself. Hello, and welcome to Weary Dads. I'm your host, PJ Weary, and I'm here with my co-host. That's Dad. I'm here, baby. Pete Weary. Yes, so sir. Pete and PJ, because yes. I'm Peter Jr. Yes, we're just, you are. We're that's where we're at in yeah, life. Yeah, we are. Today we're going to be talking about how to negotiate. And it might not happen all the time, but it happens at crucial times. Uh, times hmm. of nego negotiation happen in times of transition. They set the stage for what's coming, what's going to happen. And I think this is a very valuable uh not that we're going to turn someone into like the Wolf of Wall Street salesman. Don't want with that. A, I don't think. It, that's something I'm going to cover as well. No. Um, but I think it's something that every man should know how to know the basics of. And really, um, if you walk away from anything, we, uh, my goal, I've had to do a lot of this in my own business. So I've had to learn a lot about this. Don't be a jerk and don't be a pushover. Don't be a weenie. Yeah, I think both of those. That's well, we're done. Yeah, that's it. That that's really it. Yeah. good. Like, how do you negotiate between those two, though? Well, um, you know, I'm gonna, if you don't mind, jump right in and say the first thing I think in negotiation is you want to strive to have a win-win. You know, a win-win for both people and um, those that you're uh, working with and trying to uh, establish a. Hey, a happy medium where both uh, parties walk away encouraged and thinking that, uh, and knowing probably better than thinking that this was advantageous for both. And I think that comes about a lot. It's going to come down to how you negotiate is your motivation and that it would be yeah. mo what's your motivation and that, that it clearly wouldn't be manipulation. That's, that's where you get into, um, I think somewhat trouble. I think there's the truth that, um, People can say no, and you yeah. can, when they say no to you, that doesn't mean that, it, that they're wrong, that you're wrong, that it just may not be the right time. And then you can even revisit. I think those are all um, be part of it. One of the first things I'd say is, I think when you're negotiating, don't be afraid to ask, um, and I want to say for for the you know the right um, balance. Now I'm afraid to ask, what do you think is the right place to go here? And yeah. yet, and that, and yet, say, well, I don't see it that way. Let me tell you, you why. I, I'm going to tell you this, and yeah. uh, then I would obviously want to hear, um, and we, and obviously I'll bounce from there. So I go to this little, um, and it's not a very good golf course, uh, right sure. up here. And it's uh, they have a uh, discount for vets, and so uh, it's not an expensive course anyhow. And I only played nine today, so it was like seventeen or eighteen dollars. Cool thing is, I get up, um, I have my uh, quiet time, I send out my texts and so forth. That's what I do, and then I go golf from like 
I started at 7.16. I was really done by 8.30, nine holes. I'm the first one out. I play quick. And the, the vets get like 4 or $5 off. And then it hit me. I wonder if they have something for people in ministry. Yeah. Because a lot of... And so my statement was, I'm going to just ask. Sure. And the worst thing they can say is what? No. And it's not even worse. I mean, it's, it's not... It's, hey, you start by people. asking. That's a right. great... It's it's so amazing how many people are just afraid to do that. And 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 very frankly, they don't have to say yes. And I don't want. I'm not the guy in ministry looking for handouts. But yeah. there are people that will say, "Hey, we'll we'll do that." Because yeah, don't miss out the, on something that's intended for you. Right. Very good. That was really well stated. And I just think when we do this, and I, and I'm really interested in what you're saying because you have learned very much in the. Uh, last two to three years, how to negotiate contracts. So please. It's become a big deal. Yeah. Um, and it's part of what, um, it's something I was not good at before. And it would have helped me a lot in some of my previous encounters. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to ask people for things. I didn't know how to correct people on things, how to clearly, I, I didn't even know what I was doing. I just was kind of like, letting other people guide me through the process, which means they got what they want and I got what they wanted to give me. Mm. Um, I think uh, I'm, for me, I'm using a paradigm that I've used uh, philosophically and theologically to talk about honesty. So for instance, when we talk about uh, Rahab lying about the spies on the roof, mm -hmm. was that honest or dishonest? And uh, I've heard people say, you should never lie. What she did there was sin. Seems odd. Bible kind of commends her for doing that. And to me, even when you talk about like people are hiding Jews in their house in Germany yeah. and they're, you know, Nazis are asking. And there is a point to this, I promise. Um, people are like, you shouldn't, you should never lie. It's like. Most of the people who say that to me, and I, I can respect someone who is com a complete pacifist and says you should never lie, but there are a lot of people who say you should never lie, at least that I encountered when I was first working through this. And then they're like, but you can kill people. And I was like, seems a bit weird that I could kill somebody but not lie to them. In fact, if you ask them, I'm pretty sure they'd rather me lie to them than kill them. <laughs> I don't think they really want either choice. <laughs> But yeah, but I mean, given the choice, it's like, hey, uh, I can lie to you or I can kill you and hide your body. Like, uh, and so going into negotiation. I, there is a point to this, right? Because we've gone now from yes. having about negotiation <laughs> and to being a, a serial killer. I'm, I'm right there. I'm right there. Let, Folks, right. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> okay. Um, when, you, when you're doing a, when you're having a negotiation, and this can change in the middle of a negotiation, you'll figure that out. Um, you just have to pay attention. One, I mean, you got to be sharp. It's uh, the first thing is a lot of times we don't always recognize what negotiation is. Um, anytime there's you know money on the table or there's uh, time and effort on the table, you have to think through. Okay, what am I giving and what is the other person giving? Um, and that's a good way. You know, we talked about toxic people to kind of be like this person is taking way more, and you'd never want to make relationships transactional. But you want to make sure that the community you're creating is uh, a solid one. And that's where um, there's, there's two principles that kind of come out of this. One is, are you at war or are you not at war? Okay. Explain so when you me. talk about, um, so that, that first principle is basically, 
derived from when I negotiate with someone, I want to create a deal that allows us to coexist. Even if I'm not going to see that person. Back to a win-win. Both would. Yes. But even even more like, and, and yes, and I definitely think it goes off of that. But your goal is to create something that works in the community. So that if you see that person again, let's say it's not an ongoing relationship. That's often the harder negotiations because right. then you're just trying to take from each other. But let, you have to think about what if I run into this person again? Would I want to do business with them again? Would they want to do business again with me? And so you want to create a win-win, but you're trying to create something, a sustainable system, a sustainable community. So if one person's doing all the work and the other person isn't, and they're just kind of like, you're going to create resentment on both sides because the other person knows that they're just ripping you off. And that, mm-hmm. that creates resentment as well. You're going to be resentful or, you know, if you're the person ripping them off, you're going to create resentment. Um, but the other side of this, and this goes back you to think the it's creating resentment or just creating a wall if you're ripping somebody off. If you're uh, getting think, ripped off, I'm resented. I'm resenting that. But if I rip somebody else off, well, I hope I haven't done that. But yeah, there's a that that's where I think you can create a wall. So yeah, tell me, I think there's some. You know, it depends on the personality. But I think there's some psychological stuff about people who are like, uh, they they realize that they are a parasite and they mm. blame the other person for letting them be a parasite. No one want. No one really wants to be a parasite. I don't believe that. Um, I think people make themselves okay with it, but I don't think it's healthy. Uh, and that's, I mean, that can be argued, but I, I think there's some, there's some use to that thought. Uh, the war and not war part of this and why I talked about the honesty and, and dishonesty is you need to figure out if this person is willing to create that coexistence with you because some people just want, like some people see it as a zero sum game and it will become very apparent as you're talking to them that the only thing they care about is winning. Mm-hmm. And those kind of people you got to be really careful of. Because what they go back to what the premise was that I said, but that's winning and losing, not winning and winning. Right. But sometimes, and that's where I like most, what you always want to try and do is create a win-win. And that's not just like a win in their mind, win in your mind. You want to win that's good for the community. Because sometimes, like, and I've run into this with people's businesses. <laughs> sometimes people don't know what's best for their business. I, well, one of I the biggest mistakes I've made in a marketing was assuming that business owners knew how to market. Because yeah. they understood their business. A lot of people don't. No, they, they've not sat down and, and taken the long look of where do we want to be. You know, you, you said something that, that we are hearing all the time in coaching now. We don't want to have transactional coaching, but transformational. Yeah. And that's really what you want with your business. Yeah. Because you don't want it to be transactional. Like, you want it to be transformational. So that both people uh, walk away growing. Yeah. And you are now back to your statement about community. When both people, individuals are growing, the community's growing. Yes. And so that's really a a good, um, that's a good springboard for that whole idea of negotiating. What are we doing to make ourselves better, which improves our community, which improves the whole state of uh, others that are being impacted by this? I think that's really good, PJ. Appreciate that. Um, And I think to go along with that, you're also going to run into people who are negotiating in good faith. They're trying to do the right thing. This especially in business. But uh, I mean, this is, you know, it's not just business. It just shows up a lot. They don't understand what you have to do. You have to negotiate for your own interests. So uh, I'll have people who are like trying to understand our business and no one and no one should understand their bu- your business better than you, right? right. Unless no they're question. in the business. That's really good. Yeah. So like uh, I'll have people discussing with me and I'm just like, 
okay, no, that really won't work for us. They think they're trying to create a win for you, and what they're creating is like a major loss. Right. And so that's where you also have to... Especially time and effort. Yes. And, you know, and I see that as you are negotiating with people. I see that. I see the hours of, you know, you putting the kids to bed at 8, Yeah. and then you guys starting to work at 10 at night Yeah. because it's the best time for uh, you and Becky to knock out projects. Yes. Because during the day, what's going on? Oh, not just the, the, not just the kids, though. No, people are writing us. Right, you're getting all this um, communication, all these different things. It's really interesting you say this because uh, sometimes the best work I get done is four to six in the morning, or four to eight before what? Oh, before you get the emails, before you get the phone Tets, calls, the all text, that stuff. Yeah. So everybody thinks that. Oh, you. I always say this. Everybody thinks that the easiest job in the world is the one they're not doing. <laughs> oh, man, that, that'd be the greatest thing to do. Oh, that's, that looks fun. Yeah. Well, there's usually some reason why it's a job or we call it work, and it's not always easy. Yeah. Uh, and that's actually, it's interesting. Um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, like, bashing capitalism. One of the things, if you're going to get into business, but every, I mean, everyone has to worry about money at some point. One of the things we have to understand with capitalism is one of the weaknesses of capitalism is the difference between value and perceived value. Okay. And so when we talk about what, like, uh, the appearance of value is often given more money than actual value. So, I mean, uh, and I'm not trying to, you know, you immediately start running into, but like the way teachers are, are paid. For instance, like um, the way that people like, well, it's not that hard to teach kids. It's like, well, it's hard to teach kids well. Well, you know, uh, like, yeah, that's probably not a good place for us to go in this podcast sure. because both of us have done this, and it always is, you know. And I never worried about what I was making, which may be a mistake. Okay, <laughs> but I sit back now and look. These are You've the, gotten better at that, though. The, there is there are these are major influencers of. The next generation. And I, yesterday, yeah. I, let me just share, I was at a golf tournament yeah. with one of my friends, Tom Milajeki, and his son Thomas was playing. I, I was like, this kid is so good as a ninth grader. And, um, you know, th that wasn't true. He's only an eighth grader. I'm like, oh my goodness. Oh, wow. He, you know, he shot like a 45. He was so upset he missed a couple putts. And I just. Just would absolutely destroy me. Yeah. No, and I'm, I put my arm on his. My hand on his shoulder, and I said a couple words, and Tom, you know, basically said, "Dad, does he want to coach us or something?" Because I spoke life into him. Mm. I can't imagine he was—he's eight years old. He's not even a young man. Eighth yet. grade or eight years old? Yeah, he's an eighth grade. Oh, sorry, I said yeah, yeah, he got to. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. really smart. No, yeah, he's <laughs> in eighth grade. I think he's thirteen or fourteen, but you could tell he's still. Yeah. Uh, 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 I'm careful. A young boy. He's not a little man yet. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, I just look at that and go, this young person is not transactional. This is transformational. We need to speak life into people. And what we're yeah. saying about negotiation, yeah. we ought to be trying to build community and life. Yes. And that there's wins for everybody. And it's not just Stephen Covey, win-win, you know. That I, yeah. I understand that that's some of the conversation. Create a long-term win-win. Yes, that's the, the you're creating long, something that like it just continues to work. Walk. I, you, I love what you said. 
we live in a little community now, and we really have not been able to uh, impact it like we want yet. I mean, we're, we've only been here four months, right? I look forward to the day of sitting downtown and meeting some people. And uh, I would hate to not be able to look them in the eye because I felt like I manipulated them. I wasn't motivated by that, which is right. Okay. I, I, let me let me talk talk real quickly, if I can. Sure. About negotiation. Yeah. So uh, some people on the podcast, man, I don't know this, and some or most of you probably do. I have to raise my own support, and I have to come and wonder all the time: Do I really care about this person, or do I really need them to help me? Now, I've been mm-hmm. real up transparent with people about that. Sometimes I go, ah, oh, I feel guilty sometimes, and then I w- walk past that. And here's the truth. I am not asking for money for me. I'm asking it to impact coaches and athletes in the next generation. Now, how does that affect negotiation and work? Well, Hmm. you're not trying to make big bucks on people. If you were, that's manipulation. But if you're trying to help people and in the community grow a job, uh, provide work for families, provide a better system of life, this is really good negotiation. Yeah, I love it because it really expands on the idea of win-win. Like, that's a good uh, kind of conversation starter. But the idea is to create a community that works, right? It's not just... So the way, the reason that you can negotiate with someone who's literally just paying you to go help other people is because you're caring about the other people. And you'll care about the people who pay you as well in terms of support. Right. But, like, for you, it's like I am creating community over here, and they see that too. And that's where that negotiation, which for you is a little different there, but right, whatever the term is. But and that leads directly into so when you face someone who is not worried about community, with someone who, in all honesty, I do think of it in terms of, and I, I don't think it's too strong. There's war and there's not war, the, and the difference between war and not war, war and peace, is someone who's concerned about being in the community and someone who's not. The kind of person who's worried about short-term gains and is willing to burn relationships to do that is literally at war with you. However, they cha- they choose to do that just because it's easier for them to do it legally. It's like those people are uh, are toxic and cancerous. And so when we look at this, um, when you face that person, a good question. It's not just about them taking advantage of you, which is important, right? Like you do want to like love your neighbors yourself. You got to love yourself as well. You stop worrying about them because they're the problem. Start thinking about, okay, what they're saying right now is going to affect how I can help other people. So when someone demands too much time mm-hmm. uh, from my business and is being um, un- not ungrateful, but being controlling, un- yeah, uh, manipulative, yes, uh, they're just yes. trying to get whatever they can. They don't care if they have a long-term relationship with me. They don't care about my well-being. That's not just a. That's not just about me. That's about Finn and Soren. Oh yeah, Becky Sue, you and Mom. Right. Like if I have to work another twenty extra hours for the next three months, uh, n- another twenty extra hours a week. Like that's going to severely for no impact. reason, really. Right, 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 right. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean we're not like, afraid it, to work, but no, exactly. But I'm saying, like, if you're, if, and that's where you have to, like, and if you're like, well, I don't have a family, I don't have kids. It's like, well, you think about your future. If you're a man 
you should be connecting into a community in some way. Right. And the point is whether that's, you know, you're an uncle to some kids, whether you're mentoring young men at wherever, whether it's your church, whether it's just other good friends, you, if you, if you are taken advantage of, then you are feeding energy into somewhere at someone who does not deserve it. And that's energy that's not going to someone else. Um, it reminds me of, there is a, uh, there's a whole discussion about censorship that people get really like, how dare you censor? It's like, there are different types of censorship. And one of them that we don't think about is every time you read a book, uh, you say no to something like 10,000 books. If you read like two books a week, Mm -hmm. so I I don't remember the exact numbers, but but it's it's, really maybe a hundred thousand books. It's crazy. Like you can't, you, you are saying no to so much else. So when you say Yes to someone who is being manipulative. You are saying no to people. Someone that may want to have the community be bolstered. And who could use it, you know? So it's interesting because we're talking about negotiation, but you mentioned that about books. I just read this and saw it, and it just blew me away, is stop reading bad books. Yeah. If you and here's one of the things that I, I is we're talking about. <laughs> I have to negotiate with myself sometimes hmm. because when I I've I have this habit if I start something what you want to finish it. Yes, and so I'm reading this book and it's not that good, and I'm like, you know what? I'm finding and I'm, that I'm, took me a long time to get rid of. Well, why are you've already done this and you're way ahead of the game than me? Then so I, uh, I still have a hard time with it. Well, I have some. <laughs> yeah, but you're still doing it. Um, so I. And by the way, we this wasn't planned, but negotiating with yourself. No, I heard that, and I, I like where I, that was going. I, yeah. I do too, because when I think there's sometimes because we're dealing with things that take up time, yeah. that you have to negotiate with yourself. Like, I have to stop and say no to this yeah, so I can say yes to something else. And I think one of the crying needs, because of social media, because of uh, access, in other words, people can find me anywhere, I have to learn to say no. No is one of the greatest words that has been created to help people lead. Yeah. And that's just, and, and in negotiation, I'm going to throw this out too. Yeah. After everything you just said, if you're dealing with something you think like it's going to hinder your family, hinder the community, you have to be willing to look at somebody and say, I don't want to do that. And by the way, yeah, what will be their response many times? Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and the other sometimes, one is, and here, sometimes like, oh, how can you? You'd be surprised how many times you go from it's just okay, words. It's okay. It's let, let, to, them talk, let them vent. Yeah, to them trying to manipulate. But, but, but. I literally had a guy promise to sue me after I gave him probably 20 extra hours of work because he just lost entire sight of everything. And when I looked at the the shape of his life, it became very clear that he had dug himself a hole and he's expecting me to get him out of it for well, a, a couple hundred dollars project. Yeah. So if you bury your life. So is PJ saying all yeah. this, I watched him endure this. Like yeah. he was dealing with some guilt because he loves people. And um, this is, this was the learning experience where a lot of this right, is coming from. Right. Yeah. It's like, no, this is. Uh, and um, we talked about toxic people and, we talked about finding good people. I think it's a problem right now in what we're dealing with in work because people are trying to find and hire people that are honest, that are transparent, and that work. 
Uh, and I love that you brought that up because we just talked about this the other day. When you negotiate and when you work, don't just negotiate for a paycheck. Find a different job. Find a job where you're going to succeed because you care about what you're creating. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say like this. The people yeah. who just show up just for the paycheck, it, like you're not helping anybody. You're not really helping. Like, And that, that's a corporate thing, but are you going to spend 30? Like, I literally have talked to friends, uh, not so much their dads. It's friends who are talking to their dads, and their dads are like, I'm just holding on until I get retirement. I hate my job. I hate it. And they tell yeah. them that about once a week. It's like... You just spent 40 years at eight hours a week, if not, or eight hours a day, if not more, like 40 hours a week, if not more, like, do you realize what a chunk of your life you spend on something you hate? It's like, find a different way. There has to be a different way, right? I would think, Oof. but sometimes guys get stuck and they feel like they got to provide for their family. But I think that's which, it, which you, is important, right? right that's part right, of the but negotiation. I think there's some, yeah. But I also think there's some ways you look at it and go, okay. Uh, John Acuff has, I think it's John Acuff. Yeah. He has that a book. Called, right, yeah. He has a book called don't basically it says, don't quit your day job. And what he said is what he really wanted to do. He worked for two years doing that thing. He didn't like, but yeah. began putting that so he could take care of his family, putting extra hours in. And the next thing you know, he's doing really what he really wanted to do. Create and, that vision of what you want. Yes. Okay. So uh, this is really interesting because we talked about the other day. A double down on great relationships. And then the, the other one, and this is, again, James Clear, for those of you folks, there's an email. James, please jump on this podcast sometimes and tell us thank you, Pete. James Clear has an email <laughs> called 321 uh, Thursdays. It's so good. He wrote The Atomic Habits. And then he, in, in his first thing that I brought up last podcast was double down on your best relationship. I put in parentheses ships because I think it's important that there are a number of relationships that I feel like are really strong in my life. And I want to double down on those. Okay. But the other one he talked about is take an hour of your life or more, whatever it takes, and figure out where you want to be 25 years from now. Mm. And so I, I lead some people that have questions about uh, leadership and so forth. And I ask them to do this. Where do you see yourself in 25 years? Yeah. Okay, now, don't do that. Now go, where do you see yourselves in 10 years? Because you have to see yourself in 10 years to get to that 25. Then I said, see where yourself are in five years, and what are you going to do this year to yeah. do that? Now, I told them, you know, and I'm almost 60. Whoa! I told the, um, <laughs> the, all the, uh, the, the, those that I was challenging uh, that I see your mom and I walking into a restaurant holding hands, maybe yeah. meeting another couple. Prayerfully, still to, to mentor um, and to in, impact and whatever. I love the uh, the fullness of that vision. The fact that it's not just like we have this much money or whatever. It's like you have a whole, and it allows you right. They're different, yeah. And we're still holding hands, okay. I mean, I this, like yeah. we are still cultivating that best relationship. That's yeah. my strongest relationship. But where do I see myself in ten and five years? That's I think a, a lot going on in there, but I do think. If people would stop and negotiate with themselves, mm. where do I want to be in 25 years? Where do I want to be then in 10, 5? Then what will I do this year to create rituals and habits that will lead to that? I think you're negotiating with the most important uh, person, and that's yourself, because you set the tenor. So you're back to men saying, I don't like what I do. Yeah. Um, this is discouraging 
for some of you to hear, but I don't like what I do. I love what I do. <laughs> I love. So, so yesterday when yeah. I went to talk to this young kid golfing, yeah, um, it had it was part of nations of coaches. It is. There's a this fella is behind us and in his family. Yeah, but they've become friends, and it's not about golf. And it isn't. It's just what we talked about. It's not transactional. That young man needs to be, and he 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 knows the gospel. He needs to be transformed by it. I don't know if he's a believer. I think he is. But the biggest thing is, we all know this. You're, you're always growing. Yeah. And so since this uh, podcast is about mentoring, maturity, and manhood in Christ, yeah, I don't want to talk once or twice a week on a podcast. I want to go out and do this. Yeah. And that's why I feel like I, I love doing this. Like it's, I'm seeing people, I want to see people change. Yeah. It makes me really want to go and to help him. Uh, I don't know how you find all the time. His dad and I are talking about that. So yeah. anyhow. Let me, let me uh, kind of piggyback off of that. What are, as we end here and wrap up, what are some practical tips for negotiation? And the first one, uh, there are three I had written down. Okay. And one of them was... Uh, it goes along well with what you're saying about, you know, what do you see in 25 years? Think through what you're negotiating and think through it in different, uh, levels of the future or different phases of the future. I need to think of the right word there, but like, so for instance, if you have a three month project, uh, so just to take about like, that's going to be, okay, what's it going to be like a week from now? What is that going to look like? Let, let me envision what a day of that will look like. A month from now, and what will that look like three week, uh, three months from now? If you're, uh, for most people, the negotiation comes up with their job. Excuse me. What, um, what is your job going to look like a year from now? What do you see it five years from now? 10, 20, 20 25. You know, you can think about those and like, you, uh, we just set up a long term business partnership with somebody, uh, a couple different people actually. We're, we're, transitioning our business expanding expanding uh, actually hopefully stabilizing um you know uh, we just went through a real turbulent period probably the busiest we've been i don't want to live like that uh so that was part of it i was like well whatever we have we're going on right now i don't want that long term <laughs> and i've been that's been a big part of the negotiation process i'm like here are the things that are making my life really difficult right now. That can't be part of this moving forward. And people have been respectful of that because they understand because we are putting in the work. They know that we are worth negotiating with because we are obviously working for everyone's benefit, um, including our own, right? Like if everyone succeeds, then you're part of everyone. Um, but uh, like even as I'm talking, uh, and this will lead into the next point. I'm, I'm talking uh, and negotiating. I'm like, hey, look, what I'm trying to create is something that'll work five years from now. And that's why I don't know how long this business partnership will last, but I want it to last at least five years. That's a, a period of stability that lets us start, like, I'll at least have time to start re-envisioning, re maybe creating something different. And uh, I'm like, because we were talking about pricing, and I'm like, I want pricing that, like, I, I don't want to create pricing now that we have to change in six months because everyone's unhappy. We need pricing that works for the next five years. Who knows? Inflation, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But at least something that, that works. So we're not constantly fighting. Like I, One thing about negotiation is when you're negotiating, everything's up for grabs. It creates instability, and people don't get work done, honestly. Like people are also thinking about, so it's good to end the negotiation. Um, you want to create stability. Stability is important for building things. Um, and that's where uh, that kind of 
once you do that sort of thing, then you also have clarify thing, clarify problems that are going to come up. Be very honest about that. So when you're talking to somebody and you're negotiating, don't create hidden problems because that's just causing problems for you in the future. So when I'm talking to someone, I'm like, hey, just so you know, if we are going to do this, this is something that's going to come up. And can we solve it now? Maybe. You know, if we're going to solve it now, I'm going to make sure it's part of the negotiation. We solve it now. But if it's something that I'm like, hey, this is going to be something that we're going to run into, you got to share that with somebody. Because the last thing you want to do is negotiate and create uh, a bond of trust that allows you to create this stable community. And then the whole thing is built on this hidden problem. It's just going to fissure and crack. It's not going to work. And then the, um, this is just something that uh, in my Chasing Leviathan podcast was huge. Um, I actually had, I have a good friend, Andy Leaf, and he's brutally honest and I appreciate him for it. Uh, he's like, that's the first episode I listened to all the way through at normal speed. I was like, thanks, Andy. Um, <laughs> but it was with uh, Deborah Benton. Yeah. And it, when you negotiate, negotiate with confidence uh, from a negative side, don't share self-sabotaging information. Don't create problems where there aren't problems. If you're like, hey, I don't have the experience. If they ask, be honest, but don't volunteer that. You know, it's like, well, I'm not sure how we're going to do that, but I'm sure I can figure it out. If it's something, if it's a problem that you can figure out, don't bring that up. Don't be the person who brings up problems that they don't have solutions for, right? Um, be, uh, be like, hey, this is going to come up. We're going to have to work through this. But, like, if you have a problem you know the solution for, don't muddy the air by bringing that up and get, like, you want to create confidence in the other person, right? That you, like, accept that in the situation, you are adequate. That's uh, Deborah's word for this. Um, you know, if you... And I if like, you know her story, it's pretty amazing. That's exactly where it's going to go. Yeah, she, she literally, like, she did a, a study with 100 CEOs where she just interviewed them. And she got, for back in the day, I think it was, like, the 80s, um, or nineties, um, they, it came out in magazines. So it went viral for the time there was, yeah, there was yeah, no yeah, social yeah, media. Right, right, right. And people were like, can you coach me? And she'd never coached before. And she wrote somebody or she called somebody who was like, Hey, uh, what's the fee for coaching? And they're like, uh, I know one guy charges $1,500 a day. She's like, okay, that's what I'll charge. And never done it before. And she was just like, but I know the information. I know I can help them. And I'll just throw it out there. And if they negotiate down, whatever. And they took it as, they're like, okay, no. $1,500. And, and, and she was worth it. She's definitely worth it. Right. And she's not only done, I mean, she's done, uh, if you look at her website, some big time executives. Absolutely. And so you, I'm going to do this. You said three things. You said you want to have uh, some steps of what you want to do. You want to seek for stability. And then you want to, and I wrote it down, um, solve the problems up front. So those are your three S's. I just was writing those down. I was like, man, that's good. And uh, I think it's really, really important. Uh, you know, when we talked about doing negotiating, it's not like we negotiated this. <laughs> but when we were talking about it, I was like, you know, where are we going to go with this? And I look over, and I think we're almost at 40, yeah. 40 minutes. And I will tell you this, and I don't know where you all are out there in it is your listeners, uh, listening to us as our listeners. I've learned something today. Hmm. And I am thinking about this. And I think the biggest thing I'm going to take away from it, and I, you, you, know, you can close this, whatever, but this is what I would say. We are striving to improve the value 
of other people and our community. And some people hate that term right now. I've heard, I'm familiar with the word community. Yeah, it's overused. I get that. Well, society, life. Yeah. And and uh, the structure around you. Well, the whatever. truth is, the better I am walking in Christ, the more impact I'm going to have for people. Yeah. Because our theme for this year for Nations of Coaches is light wins. You know, and like we live that. in a pretty dark society right now that mm. that dwells on the negative, um, that loves to choose sides. Yeah, we have a lot of people who are who are fighting wars where we don't have to. No, they're, they're creating they're not, wars. They're looking for a war. They yeah. like war. Yeah. I almost just went, whoa. I don't even know the words. I, totally went to, I just went to <laughs> Black Sabbath. I don't know where you <laughs> went. <laughs> um, but no, I think that's a great way to close is um, let uh, not creating win wins, but creating win win a win for everybody. Because it, it's not just about just the two negotiating parties. It's about the system that they're in and creating something that's sustainable, that we can all live together um, and be good neighbors. Because that's what we're called to do as Christians. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, the way that people learn to glorify your Father in Heaven is through your good works. And I think uh, I think it was Francis Schaeffer, if I misquoted, sorry, but that your life is the ultimate is the final apologetic. And I think that's uh, kind of even what we're talking about here today is that when you negotiate, realize that you are, you are showing Christ to somebody and that can be strength as, as well as compassion strength. I think the, uh, you know, strength and a glove of velvet. I don't know what the work term was or something like that. So appreciate this PJ. It's really good. Awesome. Appreciate you. Love you. See you. Buddy.